Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy, and I'm teaching this week on the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in a church service as well as the Word of God. Who can be used in a church service by the power of God? All praise and worship leaders can, and the minister can, but so can the congregation through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Are you interested? Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome back to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Great to have you here today. Yesterday, I began a series that's going to last this week, and it's on the church service and what God intends for a church service. And we often talk about the early church, the early church. But you know what? The early church didn't have anything that we cannot have. The Holy Spirit had just been poured out, but he hasn't been taken back to heaven. So we still need the presence of the Holy Spirit in a church service, and we need the anointing on the Word of God, the opening of the Word of God to be taught, study to show yourself approved unto God, teaching the Word of God in church service, opening up the Word of God where people can see it line upon line and precept upon precept, but also that tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. This is what makes church unique. This is what makes why the church is different than the theater downtown or going to a movie or something like that. You might get moved during a movie because of the action going on or, or pulling on your emotions, but only the Holy Spirit has that touch of the supernatural that you can only pick up in church, and that's why it's so important. And so for years, pastors and ministers have often taken churches trying to move it away from the presence of the Holy Spirit because of that one thing called tongues. They just don't like tongues. They say it's embarrassing and all of those things, but yet the person ministered to will not say it was embarrassing. They may not have understood it, but all they can say is my need was met in church. Pastors were coming back to here because I believe we're coming to a day when there is so much supernatural going on in the world that it was of Satan lying signs and wonders that we need true signs and wonders. And the main place people should get it is by the coming together in the church service to where we have the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, but also to teach people this doesn't just happen in church. You can take this home with you. The same Holy Spirit that's there lives inside of you and has come upon you, filling you with the Holy Spirit so that you speak with tongues and opens you up to the supernatural. You don't have to wait till you come to church to get healed. You can pray for it at home. You can lay hands on your children. You can lay hands on your friends or if somebody is sick, I was in Walmart one day and the lady behind the counter there that was checking me out just had this terrible look on her face. And Walmart's known for their smiles and known for their friendliness, maybe, you know, but this this day, this was obviously not in this woman. And I just said, is there something wrong? She said, yes, my daughter, she's just really, really sick. The doctors don't know what it is. It's, it's really concerned me, but I have to come to, to work here. I just grabbed her hand and said, I believe in divine healing. I said, are you a Christian? She said, well, yes. I said, well, let me pray for you. Do, you. do you believe in healing? She said, well, yeah, but you could tell, I mean, this was new to her. I said, listen, just shut your brain off and let's just receive, right? Just receive from what I'm about to pray. And I prayed. I didn't see her after that, but you know what? I expect to get to heaven and find out that God met her need. Because you see, the Holy Spirit's as real in the church and he's that real also in Walmart. He's just that real in the grocery store. This is what we do is we take him into our life because the book of Acts might've started out with what went on in church services, such as Acts chapter four, Acts chapter five, uh, chapter six, the choosing of those to help run the church. But after that, it's how it's taken to the streets. It's how it's taught in the streets and, and sickness healed in the streets and the, and the shadow of Peter passing over people and every sickness and every disease being healed and setting up and starting new churches. All the different things that happened, casting out of devils happened outside the church too. The 
The church is simply a place to come and get prepared for how to minister to the world outside the church. Thank God. The church is like an oasis in a world that's starving, in a world that's that's dying of thirst, of a world that needs something, and we can come to the Lord and receive it and be those buckets of water, the water carriers, and take them out there where the people have need of it. So it comes back to this. Again, we need the anointing of God on every part of the church service. I admonished yesterday that, that praise and worship leaders don't just come in and practice, practice, practice. Have times of prayer and have times of entering into worship yourself. Uh, there's times when I've been in services, I've talked to the praise and worship leaders and said, the worship was so good today. What was it? He said, well, we don't we have practice during the week, but when we get here on Sunday, we actually enter into worship ourselves to where we bring the people into what we are. And how can we lead them into worship if we're not worshipers ourselves? A worshiper is not just somebody that can sing good. Okay, those kind of people you can find everywhere, even in the world, and they're not saved. We're not talking about people with fabulous voices and things like that and great blends. Those are needed, but the utmost thing should be the anointing and presence of the Holy Spirit. The same thing is true for the sermon. A pastor, I mean, I listen, I have studied and studied for sermons. I actually studied and still do for sermons. I'm not going to preach till maybe a year from now. And all through that year, as I was, uh, I had all these sermons set aside and I just didn't know when. And the Holy Spirit would guide me to which one to go to next. But the point of it is I'd still study through the week to make sure that sermon was going to be good. But I spent most of Saturday and most of Sunday morning just praying in the Spirit. Because you know why? I don't want to just come up there with some rehearsed sermon. I don't want to just read notes in front of people. This is not a speech. I've often had people after church come to me in their visitors course. They don't know how to talk about the church service. They just said, good speech, sir. And I, that's to me, to me, that's one of the worst things you can say to me. My, it was not a speech, but I mean, I would thank them and smile and all that kind of stuff. So I know what they were talking about, but man, I love when people come up and say, that message turned me around. The Holy Spirit spoke to me during that. I saw this during the sermon. And oftentimes, I told you yesterday, I don't even remember saying those things, or I wonder how in the world what I said affected them that way. It's the Holy Spirit. He can take one sermon coming out of my mouth, and if there's 400 people present, he can break it up 400 different ways and minister something different to everybody because that's the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. That's why you can come to me and tell me what you got out of the sermon. I might smile and nod my head, but I'm thinking on the inside, how did you get that out of what I preached? That's the Holy Spirit. And again, I've been on rabbit trails, taking a little side trip over here, wondered why in the sermon when I came back and found out later there were certain people that's exactly what they needed to hear. And the Holy Spirit had me just divert for a moment and come back to that sermon, apply it and tie it into the sermon, but it's exactly what they needed to hear. So it comes back to this again, that uh, the most important thing before the service is that presence of the Holy Spirit. And you gain that by praying in the Spirit praying in tongues. With stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest and the refreshing. People can walk out rested and refreshed with answers they didn't have. And not because your singing was so good and not because your sermon was so eloquent. It's because of the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. I look back on my pretty, uh, pastoring years and teaching years at school, still preaching and teaching in schools and things like that. But I can say this, most every mistake I have made while preaching has not been a lack of study, but a lack of prayer. 
a lack of of attention to the Holy Spirit and ask him even during the sermon, am I doing this like you want? Give me points if I need them during this. And if you give me a point, I will take my other points and move them off to the side. The point comes back to this. You can teach every point of a sermon and almost read it off the page and still miss the mark. You can follow the Holy Spirit and leave points out and yet hit the mark. The point of it is the Holy Spirit knows what's there. Let me tell you some things that have happened. There's been times I have been preaching and, you know, the Holy Spirit shows me something and I put it into the sermon. And when the sermon was over, I look back at my notes and think, I missed this point. I didn't even get into it. And I begin to feel bad about it. And about a month later or two months later, I'm preaching another sermon. And that point I didn't put back there in that sermon comes back to me and put, and I put it into this sermon. And the Holy Spirit was simply pointing out to me, I know what you're going to be preaching a month from now. This point will fit better in that sermon than in this sermon and more emphatically. And thank God for the Holy Spirit. I am not omniscient. I don't know everything, but the one who is in me and the one who has anointed me, the one who is lives inside of me because I am my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But also the Holy Spirit has come upon me for revelation, for power and things like that. And that's why I pray in tongues because I pray in tongues. He speaks to me with stammering lips and another tongue. He will speak to me. This is Isaiah 52. And so again, the importance of this because because this is the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. The purpose of the Holy Spirit's presence in the church service is this. Without the presence of the Holy Spirit, the service is dry. What do I mean by that? It's just a, a speech. It's just a teaching. It's more like sitting in a school, hearing some professor giving you a, a lecture. But church is not a lecture. Many churches are lectures, but you know why? They don't believe in the Holy Spirit's presence. They believe he's the third member of the Godhead, but as far as that, he has no fulfillment in us today. The miracles of the book of Acts died by the time that the New Testament was completed. And when uh, John finished writing out the book of Revelation, God pulled up the ladder of the Holy Spirit, pulled up all the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And today we have the Bible and they tell us that's it. We have the Bible. Yes, we do, but we still don't know the fullness of it without the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is still there to magnify the word. Jesus said the first thing the Holy Spirit would do is lead you and guide you into all truth. The truth is the word of God. So again, without the presence of the Holy Spirit, the service is dry. It might be filled with information, but no inspiration. Inspiration and anointing is needed in all areas, praise and worship, the gifts of the Spirit to the people and the ministry of the Word of God. A service like a sermon is part scripted, but a part also of throwing caution to the wind. And the wind you're throwing caution to is the wind of the Holy Spirit, divine guidance in a church service. Most church services mistakes are again, not a lack of preparedness, but a lack of allowing the Holy Spirit to guide in any or all areas of the church. There's two views of a church service preparation. First of all, much study, little prayer, much music practice, and yet little uh, worship of the worshipers themselves, those who lead praise and worship. The most things you want out of praise and worship leaders is the presence of the Holy Spirit and for them to be worshipers, not just good musicians. Again, when it comes to sermon preparation, God didn't stick some professor up there. He wants a minister open to the power and presence of the Holy Spirit who's gifted in the call he is in, but understands the gift and the call both came from the Holy Spirit and the word of God and God's presence himself.
Much study, but more prayer, puts emphasis on our ability to work with the Holy Spirit. So much study is needed, much practice for the music department, but again, before the service, day a day before the service, even that morning before the service, again, a praying in the Holy Spirit because we walk into service. And again, like I said before, the biggest mistakes I have made in the past have not been a study mistake, but a lack of prayer. The better we hear the Spirit, the better the service is going to be in our area, even for uh, times when people are bringing up the announcements. It's not just a reading off of announcements. There could be a pleasant personality that might be there, but also there can be something there from the Holy Spirit to mark certain things where people hear about a youth service going on. They say, my son's gonna be there. My daughter's gonna be there. Why? Something ministered to them and the Holy Spirit who knows what's gonna happen in that service ministers to it now. What seems to be right at the moment as opposed to what is planned comes back to your spirit or your natural thinking. In your spirit, the Holy Spirit can speak and study may create the sermon we want, but the Spirit's touch can make the sermon the people need. When we come back from the break, we're gonna talk more about this. In fact, there's offers coming where you can study more about what I'm speaking here on and again for you ministers. So right after the break, we'll be right back. The new birth is an inward work of the Holy Spirit. But when a believer becomes filled with the Holy Spirit, there is an outward display. In these 32 MP3 audio lessons by Pastor Bob Yandian, the ministry and gifts of the Holy Spirit are explored in detail, along with their appropriate use inside and outside of the local church. Lesson titles include A Gift of Power, A Word in Season, Gifts of the Spirit, Spiritual Gifts in the Church, The Gifts and Callings of God, The Utterance Gifts, The Prophet and the Apostle. The Gifts of the Spirit USB flash drive can be used on any computer, MP3 player, smartphone, tablet, or car stereo that is equipped with a USB connection. To order Gifts of the Spirit, visit our website at bobyendian.com. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Without the Word of God, our lives would be unstable and without direction. There would be no hope for believers or, for that matter, the entire world. In this seven-part series, Pastor Bob Yandian emphasizes and explains the vital necessity of the Word of God in the life of every believer. Sermon titles include A More Sure Word of Prophecy, The Inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God's Reputation, The Wisdom of God's Word, The Merchandise of Wisdom, Wisdom, Riches, and Honor, and Jesus, Our Wisdom. To order Importance of the Word, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. So again, what is it that makes a successful church service? 
preparedness plus sensitivity. I don't want to leave either one of them out. Preparedness is so important. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed. There was one Wednesday when I was preparing for an evening service. I got to the office. I had my notes out there and I had studied them, but I would need to put them down in order. And oftentimes before the service, the Holy Spirit will even show me, take this point, put it down here. This point, put it up here. Anyway, I came ready to do that. And uh, again, I was not prepared totally for the sermon that night. I mean, I couldn't have got up right then and preached it, but I was preparing as I normally do. And a phone call came and someone had died in the church. I needed to go see them. When I got back, something else had happened. And honestly, all afternoon, nothing, nothing, nothing as far as preparedness and sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Things that I needed to handle myself, not just a staff member handle. Things where, Pastor, we need you right now. And honestly, the service began at seven o'clock that night. And by 6.15, I was headed to the church service. And I was thinking, my I I have not had any time. And all I said was, Lord, you better give me something. I got there that night and I felt nothing while I was sitting on the platform, praising, and worshiping on. I got up to speak and all of a sudden something came to me. I began to minister on that. And by the end of the sermon, I had people come to me. More people came to me that night saying, Pastor, that's one of the best sermons we've ever heard. And it's on a Wednesday night. We thought that's a Sunday morning sermon. No, thank you for ministering that tonight. And I remember thinking, how in the world did you guys get anything out of that? I was not prepared for this service. Well, honestly, the Holy Spirit can make up for times like that, where things come along and you are and you have to honestly take care of business with other people, things like that. But when it comes right down to it, thank God for the Holy Spirit. But he won't do that for you every single service. Yes, we need to have sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, but to throw caution to the wind, and to just open up our mouth and not do anything and not say anything, you know, except expect the Holy Spirit to fill our mouth with something. There are times when that will happen, when it has to happen. But in the meantime, he says, study to show yourself approved unto God, but also praying in the Holy Spirit. Those two things go together because my preparedness, if, listen, if the sermon was totally my preparedness, I could brag on me. But when things come out of my mouth that I didn't prepare for, or things come out of my mouth where I suddenly saw two things that I hadn't seen before suddenly come together in a way I had never seen before, that's the Holy Spirit. And when that sermon is over, Bob doesn't get the glory. God gets the glory. And the people walk out going, God gets the glory because they suddenly saw something from God they never had and God used me, a simple minister, open to him to take the word of God and rightly divide it among the people. What seems right at the moment as opposed to what is planned, again, comes back to your head or your heart, which is your spirit here. We're talking about the spirit of God within me. In my spirit living there, that's who controls me at that time, whether my own thinking or the thinking, the mind of Christ. Study may, may create again the sermon we want, but the spirit's touch makes the sermon the people need. And when we walk out, Again, what we don't want is just great sermon material and just great eloquence. What we want is people walking out with a need met. And the moment there's revelation from the Holy Spirit, that is eternal. My son spoke a sermon here not too many months ago. And what he said was this. He asked the congregation, how many of you came out of denominational backgrounds? Because the churches we had were really not denominational. They were just open churches. Again, we called them non-denominational, but people came from all different denominations. He said, how many of you came from denominational backgrounds? He started naming some Presbyterian Methodist down the list and hands went up everywhere. He said, how many points does the sermon have? And everybody yelled out, three. 
He said, why do we have three? And a few people stopped for a month. Somebody said, so you won't forget the sermon. There's three points. And that's true. I mean, they either start with the same letter or they rhyme. And there's three points to a sermon. And they do that so you won't forget it. And then my son said, how do you remember those three-point sermons? And everybody started laughing. No one could remember any of them. He said, but how you will say this, that those sermons where the Holy Spirit said and reveals something out of a, out of a scripture, you've never forgot it. Hands went up everywhere. What the Holy Spirit gives you is eternal. And I'm telling you this, you can remember it 10 years later. When you see that verse of scripture, that revelation that you got five years, eight years, 12 years before that time suddenly comes back to you. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit that did it. And that is the anointing on the word of God. That's why ministers, you need the power of the Holy Spirit because your three points won't make them remember it, but the Holy Spirit's anointing will cause them to remember it. And it simply comes back to it. He gets the glory. Three ways that the Holy Spirit's presence enters into a service is number one, by praise and worship. Number two, by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And number three, by the sermon. The most important thing, of course, of all those is the sermon because the word of God lives and abides forever. The operation of the gifts may see somebody healed, but that's just temporary. A financial need met, that's temporary. A family problem settled, that's temporary. All those things are wonderful, but the most important thing is the sermon because the word of God lives and abides forever. Praise and worship comes through musicians and vocalists, but the best way praise and worship comes through is prepared naturally and spiritually by the study, preparation, practice, and also by praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. The sermon comes through the pastor, but the gifts of the Spirit come through the people, and we need to trust them. Ministers, you need to trust your people. Why? Because the same people who come to church prepared and opening up their heart to hear the word of God also need to pray in the spirit because God may use them for the gifts of the spirit. Speaking with tongues is the doorway into the gifts of the spirit. Just like the new birth is the doorway into the fruit of the Spirit. But when you get filled with the Spirit, such as in Acts chapter 19, it says that when Paul laid his hands on them, they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Notice speaking with tongues came first, and that opened up the door for them to step into prophecy. And so by doing that, they begin to prophesy, and that's what happens. People can come to church praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, but what can happen after that is they begin to move into prophecy. They begin to move into tongue and interpretation of tongue. All these things are important for them to do. The gifts of the Holy Spirit come through the people, but pastors, we must trust them. Oftentimes when somebody starts to give a tongue, the first thing is fear comes over a pastor. Trust them to hear from the Holy Spirit. And if they somehow mess up, you can come up and lovingly straighten it out. And I've had to do that before. There was times when somebody would say something, I would come back and I really wouldn't condemn them. I would say, what the Spirit of God is telling you is this. And I would simply bring it back to what the Word of God has to say to where the people could recognize it. But again, one of the greatest things your congregation can do is just like the praise and worship leaders and just like the pastor to realize the Holy Spirit can use me too. I can give a, a prophecy and what's it for? What's the purpose of prophecy? For edification, for exhortation and comfort to where the people themselves can be used of the gifts of the Spirit to bless the entire congregation. And of course, there are limitations on that found in 1 Corinthians 14. We will get to that before the end of the week. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the gifts of the Spirit are listed. The gifts are listed, but uses and instruction are missing. That's incredible. Think about this. Chapter 12 
of the book of 1 Corinthians lays out the gifts of the Spirit. For to one is given the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, uh, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy. Again, nine of them are listed there in that verse of, in those verses of Scripture. But here's the other thing too, there's no instructions. And the instructions are given in chapter 14 are just for certain ones. And again, it talks about prophesying, but has no instructions. Why? Because each gift is uniquely used in that person. How you prophesy is different than how somebody else prophesies. I like to think about this. Tongues are followed by interpretation of tongues, not by translation of tongues. It's your interpretation. The Holy Spirit gives you something and through you through your natural thinking and putting Bob into it or Mary into it or Jim into it, you come up with the same message, but it's not brought out exactly the same way because it is not a translation of what's being given. It is an interpretation. And this is the way God does it. How two people operate in the same gift gift is not by the same way. No two people operate in the same gift the same way. The use of the gifts of the Spirit throughout the Word of God, Old and New Testament, are simply this. There was the leaders. The gifts were used in the ministry of the Old Testament prophet. They were used in the ministry of Jesus. They were used in the ministry of Jesus' disciples, but they were also used in the ministry of the New Testament apostles and the people. The people the people were given in the New Testament and in the book of Acts. And oftentimes there were times when believers would simply come up. And in one case that in, in Paul's ministry, that someone came up to him and the people on the streets even came up to him, the believers and gave him a word from the Lord. So we find that that can happen here too, because why? God can use you to help in the lives of other people in giving them something for the moment, to enforce something inside of them, to correct something inside of them, but also just to emphasize the fact you have heard from God and you offer a verification on what they have heard. So again, throughout the word of God, Old Testament, New Testament, the gifts of the spirit have been there. But today, the beauty of it is it's been poured out on everyone who believes. And everyone who believes can now receive the anointing and the presence of the Holy Spirit. These signs shall follow those that believe in my name. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They'll prophesy, they'll cast out devils. Even the prophecy that was given in the Old Testament and uh, that was spoken on the day of Pentecost. And Peter stood up and said, this is that was spoken by the prophet Joel. It will come to pass in the last days, I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Of course, this is saved flesh he's referring to. He said, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams. And the things that were only given to the Old Testament prophets can now be given to believers of the New Testament. And we too, like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Moses and David, can operate under the same Holy Spirit, but we don't have to be a king. We don't have to be a prophet. We can just simply be a believer. And we don't even have to be a pastor or an evangelist to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. They're supposed to be operating in our daily lives and your sons and your daughters, your handmaidens, those who are working around you, those that are, that are hired within the house and people that mow lawns or whatever it can be. All these can be used too in the ministry of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and every person should be taught in church. What you're seeing here should operate in your lives and this is how you bless people at Walmart, in the grocery store, at the, uh, at the auto shop, all the different places that you go to, you can be used by God to be a changer in other people's lives. It simply comes back to this. I ask you a question. 
Those of you watching this broadcast that are not filled with the Holy Spirit, you are missing out on the most tremendous part of the new birth for power in this life. The new birth will carry right on into eternity, but power comes from an anointing of the Holy Spirit that comes upon you and it's received after you are born again. Acts chapter 19, Paul met disciples. That means they were already born again, but said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? I ask you that question. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you have believed? The point of it is he's now ready to give to you power and anointing to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and to operate in supernatural signs and wonders to not only see people saved by the words you speak, but by the actions that come from you. So why don't you pray right now? Open up your heart and say, Lord, I receive the Holy Spirit. The moment you pray that simple prayer, his power will come upon you and you'll begin to speak with other tongues. You're about to enter into a whole new dimension of the things of God. Again, in Acts chapter 19, Paul laid his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. I'll see you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.